We here? We're here. I'm here. I like it. Dude, before we get started, tell me, tell me something about you. Tell me, introduce yourself. Give us your, give us your resume in the gambling space. All right. Um, so my name is Brian Wood. I am the CEO and co-founder of Panopic. Uh, we are an app that tracks people's picks transparently. So really trying to figure out who the real winners are in sports betting and give them a platform to, you know, get their picks out to everybody. So, you know, really along the lines of uh, what you all are doing at Bet Openly, and that's why we're natural friends and natural kindred spirits, and it's great to be here with that, all that. Um, yeah, so gambling resume. Uh, after I graduated from Harvard Law, I was super broke. Uh, I didn't want to take a le- I didn't want to take a legal job. I wanted to do something entrepreneurial, and uh, I'd always played poker. So I was I just had decided, well, maybe I can do my entrepreneurial ventures and play poker on the side and make enough money to support myself and kind of break even at least. And uh, it just started working, honestly. So I've made most of my money in life playing poker. Uh, so wow. my, 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 in, my income is gambling income, basically. Uh, so, that, so it's how I, how I live, how I pay for my apartment, how I pay for my company, how I paid off my law school loans. Um, so it, it's, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, not a professional gambler, like a part-time gambler that makes his living off gambling. I don't know what you call it, but that's my, my sort of gambling resume. I. I love it. I respect it. I mean, what I would say, I don't know the exact percentage here, but someone that's able to profit and pay off bills via gambling, that puts you in a very small percentage category. I don't know the exact number. I don't know if we'll ever know the exact number. I don't think I don't think Vegas wants people to know how small that number is. Yeah. But that alone qualifies you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So like I'm a, I'm I tend to be a kind of a soft-spoken guy, but I'm realizing in this age of social media, I need to be louder about my gambling success because there's honestly just because watching so many people tout their success who have no success or no track record. Like I pay my, like I paid off 200K of law school loans with poker. You know, I, I pay my bills with my, my apartment is paid for by gambling. My everything, my food, you know, whatever. I, I don't eat if I don't gamble properly. So it's just, it's just like, I, and people don't know what that pressure is like when you're gambling. It's one thing to like sit there on a Sunday and be like, okay, I'll put in some NFL bets. If I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. But literally if you don't eat when you don't win betting, it's a whole different story. I, I was going to say, you, you just gave me so many segues. So I'm going to touch on a, a few of them. First and foremost, just to give us an established point of time, how old were you when you started gambling? And this could be like rolling dice at 12 years old. Just like if I asked you, how old were you when you started gambling? Yeah, it's funny. Um, I, was, I was thinking about that the other day. And it turns out when I thought about it, I was like, when was the first time I ever bet a game? And it was actually in Sunday school when I was nine years old. I had a friend, uh, I'll give him a shout out, Scott Gilland. Uh, he would bring in the newspaper. So I'm dating myself a little bit here. But he would bring in the cutout of the newspaper and would have all the NFL games from that weekend. And we would pass it back and forth when the teacher wasn't looking. Each of us would get to circle a game. We'd trade off who would go first each week. But, you know, we were basically picking money lines without knowing what the hell a money line was. But he would take a team. I would take a team. We would bet a dollar a game. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, we would come up like 2 or $3 a weekend. Uh, but, you know, that was, that was a lot when you're nine years old. Was, like losing $3 felt like, it felt like the end of the world. So uh, come along. That's how I started. Our, our history is similar. I'm, I'm gonna, I want this to be about you, but I got to add little tidbits. Please, no, please add your tidbits. Uh, I used to play quarters in elementary school. Like, it's amazing. I honestly don't know the dollar amount. Like, I don't know if I would maybe have like six to eight quarters. But yeah, we would throw them, whoever gets closest to the wall. And, you know, sometimes this is where like it sounds crazy, like looking at where you ended up. I started to realize, you know, I, we love doing it with like five guys involved. 
because you know you win four other quarters in yours. And I noticed for whatever reason, I didn't win a lot when multiple people were involved. I only was better at like head to head, like talking, chirping in people's ears and stuff. So it was yeah. like, that was like the birth of me not wanting to do parlays and just wanting to get in like head to head battles. <laughs> Straight but, wages. Yeah. Straight like wages. some guys loved it when there's like eight guys lined up and everyone throws a quarter and someone walks with eight quarters. I just like battling people head to head with my eight quarters. I knew I could take them for more than I would lose. I'd lose one or two, but I knew I could take them. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about the plus expected value, right? You knew, you knew right away. You just didn't know the name for it. I did. Okay. So you're, you're like me. You're a lifetime gambler. Oh, yeah. And, and you kind of touched on this, but I just want to expand a little. Sure. In, in general, what do you gamble on? Like give us uh, the whole spectrum. Yeah. So really it's primarily poker and sports. I mean, I'll dick around occasionally playing like a table game here or there when my friends just want to. But it's it. just something I stay away from, obviously, because it's hard. It's hard when you gamble for a living. Um, to do that kind of stuff because you know the percentages are not in your favor and you know that you're giving you're giving money to the casino. I mean, sure, you can put, put money on black and they might pay you out, but right, but really what you're just holding their money for them, right? Yep. Um, so ultimately it's hard to, for me to play anything that's not in my favor. If I can't get the odds in my favor, I'm not really playing usually. I completely understand. So yeah. you're not a Baccarat guy. No, although I love it. If, if I'm going to pick a table game, I love craps. I just like the community orientedness of it um it's a lot of fun to have the dice in your hand and win people money uh so that that's that's a good time the energy is second to nine at craps i i agree it's like because i i uh, was talking to trell j earlier today and i was like saying look you know like i i like to reflect on business i like to reflect on gambling i like to reflect on my tiktok and honestly like after a bad weekend i reflect back like where did i go wrong like did i have the right plays and just lost because i can do that or did i get sucked into bad plays and the reason i mentioned that this is like weird that i'm emotional about tiktok but i'm just an, I'm an open book same when i came on to tiktok about a year ago i was actually i think a little overly critical of the entertaining people i i i despise the people that gave out crappy parlays all day square plays talking about 100 units and instead of trying to get them to see it my way i wrote them off and i i, I feel like i've come a long way so that just giving you that uh that tidbit I like reflecting on, I do think, I love what you started with. Um, and it wasn't even on the camera. It was kind of behind the scenes before we went live. That like the industry needs multiple things. It does. And the problem is, and I think you were alluding to it, but I'll let you answer. Problem is sometimes this industry rewards the wrong behaviors. And I'm hoping guys like me and you cannot take all the fun out of it. Because going back to craps, it's still gambling. So like, let's not take the fun out of it. Well, we will lose the audience. This is from Matt CM. You look for anything in particular that makes you want to do a certain play. Yeah, Matt, I'll, I'll explain. I actually want, I want Brian to answer this uh, too. Because in terms of level of professional, Brian's actually above me. But I'll, I'll give you my, I call myself a semi-pro where he's a real pro. Uh, first and foremost, and this is going to be boring and repetitive. Uh, we got Brian back, but I'm going to answer no, this. Go ahead, go ahead, finish. No, 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 sweat at all. Uh, someone asked, when you're looking at a slate of games, do you look for anything in particular? I'll answer it. I'm a semi-pro or Brian's a pro. So I'm going to answer it from a semi-pro's perspective. First thing I always look for is where is the public? It's not that the public is always wrong. That's the biggest misconception in this industry. One of the biggest misconceptions in this industry is that you can fade the public blindly and profit. You cannot. I want to repeat that. The public wins enough that the 10% juice 
covers that and you cannot fade them and make enough money. That said, the first thing I look for is where the public is. That to me is like, that's where I start. I just want to know where the public is. And then I'll hand it to Brian before I tell you what I do next. What do you look for when you look at a slate of games? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great thing. I mean, honestly, um, just looking at differences in the market is actually one of the best ways to find value. So um, if you can see, if you, there's there's actually, sh this is one thing that most people don't know and it's a really good tidbit. And I, I know you know, Gino, but there's actually sharper books that set better lines and books that are more square that set poorer lines. And if you can look at the sharper books like Pinnacle, Bet Online, um, those books, and you can compare them to the, the weaker books, which are like DraftKings, FanDuel, and you can see differences. That's kind of the same thing as looking at the public, right? Because you're kind of seeing where the money is that's going to lose more, and you're seeing where the sharp money is that's going to win more. So um, ultimately, you know, I think that's what you're looking for is it's all data points, right? Like there's no, like you said, it, what you said, it's very true. Like you can't just look at one thing and win. It, it's hard. Gambling successfully, it's complex. And uh, a lot of people don't talk about that, but um, yeah, yeah, you know, but, but like you said, it's, I, and I did want to address this too, cause we got cut off, but the fun part is so important. And I, I'm always, I'm with you there because like, that's, you know, I do this for a living and I need to make money off it, but I'll say there's no greater thrill than like when you have a great bet and you're watching the team, like absolutely blow the other team out. I mean, it's awesome. We're betting for winning is, is great. It's, it's, it's a fuck ton of fun. Um, yeah. this, and this, and this, this should be fun and it should be social and we all should win. And that's the thing is we can make it like that. And again, this is a plug for bet openly that you didn't ask for, but I'll definitely give it is, uh, this is why people should bet on a site like bet openly because more people can win, right? You can have a lot more winners. You can cut, if you cut out that juice, if you, you, you know, you slim down the margins that the books are taking, um, just more people can do well. And that's what it's about. We should all be coming together. We should all be on the same side here, to beat the books and to win. Um, and you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I'm the best. You're the best. Like I'm better yeah. than you. It doesn't have to be this, like we can all work together. It should, we no, should be, we can all, you know, we're, and that's part of the beauty. And I'll say that real quick with poker. It kind of sucks because you're on your own, right? Like I have a lot of good friends that play and it's not like I can uh, play with them and like we can sit next to each other. Sure. But like, and we can swap action or like invest in each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. But if I have like 10 friends and they're all elite sports betters and we all come together, we all bet each other's picks, we're going to absolutely crush it. And that, and that, we should just have a community of friends that just bring their picks together and all win. That's what panel pick is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's is. what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. And the beauty is, and I, I want to kind of like drill on this for a second. The, the biggest, because I, again, I overanalyze everything. Uh, and what I, what, I, what I will say is I was like, why is sports betting TikTok, sports betting IG? I, I came from Instagram, essentially. I, I, it took me two years to get up to like 15,000 followers there. Yeah. And TikTok was just like, took three weeks. So I was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to put all my energy over here. It's right. a business decision. It doesn't mean I like videos better. It just means business decision. Of course. Twitter was... If I got big in overnight on Twitter, I'd be there. And if I got big overnight on Facebook, I'd be there. I don't care. Same. I will be wherever I get the most leads. And I want to I want to actually touch on this, the psychology of this, Brian. And this is like the conversation I want to have and what I want the show to be about. So I overanalyze everything. And I'm like, why is sports betting TikTok so toxic? And I thought about it. I was like, you know what? There's so many things in our world that it's not right and wrong. There's like all this gray area. And what I realized was, oh, shit two teams are playing and there's not a tie allowed, there is a hard right and wrong. And there are going to be the Bloods and the Crips at the end of the game. Everyone that picked the winning team, chest out, head big, 
Told you, you idiot. And everyone that lost, tail between legs, defensive. And I'll, I want to hand it to you. I want to talk about the psychology behind gambling for a second. And then I want to allude to some more psychological things that I'm going to try and build in this community. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a great point. I mean, I think that that's, it's really hard to not uh, get a lot of validation from winning and not take a lot of the opposite from losing. And part of, part of this is to not take it too seriously in the short term. Right. I mean, that's, and that's just the reality is like, I mean, you can throw darts and you can hit a lot of winners, you know, and like, and you can, you can have, it doesn't matter what your process is. If you just bet games, you will have some winners, right? And it doesn't mean you did something right. And it, and if you picked a loser, it doesn't mean you did something wrong, right? I mean, that's, is, ultimately this is probabilistic, right? And that's another thing that people don't oh, realize no. is that like any game, it could have gone a lot of different ways. There's a lot of small plays. I mean, I don't want to bring up your, your poor Niners, but uh, as someone with the Rams Super Bowl future, when uh, who was that tart that dropped that pick that that Matthew Stafford just floated up? I mean, timeouts left. That's that's a pick ninety nine and a half times out of a hundred, right? He yep. just he just got nervous. I mean, the ball was in the air too long. He got nervous. He was thinking about it for five seconds. It was an awful throw by Stafford. If that gets picked off, that ends the game, right? Or even like I don't know if you saw the Bengals the play in the last play of the Super Bowl when Aaron Donald got to Burrow, um, but Jamar Chase was wide, wide open. Wide open, and and the, and the and the the guard just didn't block Donald the right direction. He should have funneled him one way. He funneled him the wrong way. If if Burrow had another second, Ramsey was on his ass. Like that's a touchdown, right? And then we're ta- we're all sitting here. Ta- the narrative is totally different. The narrative is like, oh, Joe Burrow got it done. Yeah. Matthew Stafford can't win the big game. Look at last year with the Bucks and and Giannis. If if Kevin Durant's foot isn't on that line, yeah. You know, People are talking about how, you know, Buttonhoser probably gets fired, you know. Giannis can't win the big game. The Bucks will never make it. Now so Giannis true. is like the best player in the NBA and like, and like, oh, the Nets are falling apart and like maybe Durant can't win a I championship himself. You know, it's like the narratives are so crazy because these things are like, they're so marginal and like the narrative so completely changes. And like, I, I you know, it's just, that's, that's another, th- I, I think that's part of the fun of it though, right? As you, as you get that, you get that like very, that very black and white. Um, and I promise guys listening, this is not scripted. You went exactly where I was going. So I don't even have to get, I don't even have to go there, but what I was talking about and what I wanted to take is that, yes, it's all about winning and losing in sports betting technically. Right. But I will say you really, if you want to, if you, if you out there listening, want to be a profitable gambler, you actually need to not get too high on the wins and low on the lows. And actually reel it back. And this is not me defending my losses. I swear it's not. I win a lot of games I shouldn't have won. I lose a lot of games I shouldn't have lost and vice versa. I I lose games I should have lost and I win games I should have lost. But the probabilistic word that Brian used, what I want all of you out there knowing, I don't want to take the fun out of sports betting, but step one of this and getting back to Matt's question, step one is saying, did I read it right? Did I find value and did I make the right play? That is equally, as crazy as that sounds to an amateur out there, like, ah, oh, these guys are amateurs. I want to pay for winning picks. That is equally as important as picking winners. I mean that to you. I can't get you to understand it. Um, I'm going to try, but I can't understand it for you. I just need you to understand that technically your job is to find value. And that's the first thing that came out of Brian. Yeah. So to Matt's question here, Number one thing you want to do, what you're looking for is value. The nuanced ways to find value, we can list until we're blue in the face. But that's the number one thing you're looking for in sports betting. And then secondly, it's how you find value in a consistent manner where you win more than you lose. 
Yeah. So, anything you want to add to that before? Yeah, I absolutely. I'll just say there's there's some there's a common phrase we use in poker. It's called not being results oriented, and I feel like that people don't use that enough in sports betting. But um, it's very it's it's actually much starker in poker because it's very clear. Like you can play a hand poorly and be 10% to win. And the, the odds are very clear that you're 10% to win and you end up hitting the one card you need and you end up taking the pot. And like, you can sit there and pat yourself on the back and be like, man, I fucking crush it that hand. Like, look, I have, I have a thousand dollars and have before, or you can be honest with yourself and say like, yeah, that was a really bad play. I got yep. it in really bad. I was lucky to win. Like yep. in the, when I'm in the spot next time, I need to do X, Y, and Z instead of A, B, and C. You know, I should have raised the turn. I should have called the flop, whatever, whatever it exactly. is. Right. Um, and it's the same thing in sports betting, right? Like say you have like the other day, um, I had a team total over at the Timberwolves 124 and a half over, and we were not close in regulation. I think they had like 105 points regulation game goes to overtime. They put up 20 like, and they, and they go over, right. Was that, was that a good bet? No. Like, did I win? The bet? Yes. Like, can I sit here and be like, yeah, I knew the Timberwolves were going over. I knew yeah. that OT and they, they, a perfect they, example. they covered, they covered seen- one point, right? Like, no, like I didn't know that. I, I fucking made a mistake. Like, it was a bad example, bet. I have seen people on TikTok rip. So let's just say I gave out the under in that game. Yeah. I've seen those lose and someone on TikTok be like, nice L. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, under 5% of the games go to overtime. And that was the only way I lost. You you just don't, you you, you understand so little. I don't even want to waste my breath on you. Now, now let's get, I, I, you and I could talk for a fucking week. I could already tell. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'll have you back on, I swear. I awesome. just want to walk away with some stuff that people can, because we want clips and we want people to have fun with this too. Yeah. I, got, I need two stories from you. All right. Two stories. Go. For, what, what kind of stories are you looking for? I got gambling stories for days. So what is the most you've won in an event or a weekend? Uh, the most I won in a day, I won 146K in a poker tournament. It was a World Series of Poker event online. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. It was a 1K buy-in. It started at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, it was, you could play in, in New Jersey, you could play in Nevada. So it was kind of cross state. But anyway, it was about four in the morning and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like bleary eyed and I find myself at the final table versus like 250K. Um, I get down to the last two and heads up. By this time, it's like 630 in the morning. My my apartment, which I didn't really know at the time, but it faces where the sun rises. (laughs) I didn't know that before that. that And the sun is just like in my eyes and I'm like playing for a hundred. I've already made 150K. I'm playing for another 100K. I'm so tired. I have no idea like what the fuck's going on. The sun is just like in my eyes. I'm like, what is going on here? How am I about to win? I'm trying to win another 100K. Anyway, I lost to this guy heads up. I was like super happy, but super frustrated at the same time. Really hard to describe. Because once you win, it's kind of the best way I can describe it is like if you have a good weekend in gambling and then you lose a bet in Monday Night Football. All you're thinking about is the bet you lost on Monday Night Football. 100%. Right? So, like, no that's how it was. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is more money I've ever won in a day. And, uh, yeah. Um, you were remembering the heads-up loss first. But reflecting back, you get back to the second-place win. Exactly. Exactly. So um, and did you, want a, did you want a losing story or another winning that's story? That's going to be the second half. All right. All right. The, the losing story. So, uh, I just had a crazy good NFL draft. Uh, like, I hit – it was actually last year. I hit a ton of props. I actually nailed – Everything except for like I hit the order of uh, Pitts, uh, Chase, uh, Waddle, Sewell. So that those picks I hit. So I made like 40k on the draft because I basically like had a bunch Mad- of correlated madness that I didn't I didn't realize were so heavily correlated. But anyway, a few days later, I had a horrible fight with my girlfriend at the time. Now my ex girlfriend. <laughs> and for some reason, I decided it was a good idea to start betting 
uh, quarter props in NBA, and that would make me feel better. And my usual unit size is anywhere from like 500 to 5K, depending on my bankroll at the time. But uh, I was betting 10K on quarter overs or oh unders, which was an absolute nightmare. I was, you know, I was, I was, I was going to feel better. I was going to make another, like, I was going to make, you know, the 40K I made wasn't enough. I had to make more for oh my some gosh. crazy reason. Um, but anyway, I remember still to this day, after being down 20K already, I have another 10K on the cab. I, not watching the Cavs Mavericks game at all. I just lost another 10K. I'm watching the I, not watching the Cavs Mavericks game. I'm like, this is the only NBA game going. Uh, I put it, I put 10K on the over. Uh, it gets down to under a minute left. I need three and a half more points. Like uh, they miss miss a couple of shots. 30 seconds left. The Mavericks hit a jumper. Cavs get the ball. 17 seconds left. It's a blowout. There's no reason for the Mavs to be playing defense. But for some reason, they're playing defense on Colin Sexton. And I'll never forget it. Colin Sexton goes up for a shot. They bump him. The ref doesn't call a foul because they all want to go home. Who cares? It's a blowout. Uh, it was definitely a foul, by the way. Uh, the ball spins in and out. Doesn't go down. I lose by a point and a half. I'm like, well, I just lost 30K in a day. So, oh, man. Yeah, that was that was not good, needless to say. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't blame my ex-girlfriend for that, but the fight. definitely. <laughs> I would. Now, <laughs> right, exactly. I broke up with her next day. Now we're coming up on the halfway point, and we're coincidentally done with five questions, so we're, we're right on pace here. Perfect. Now I'm gonna, I call this like the guidance section. So yeah, we're gonna have a bunch of clips on TikTok, a bunch of videos that reflect this over the next weeks. We got. I, I'm super pumped to be partnered with Panopix. Panopix, excuse me. I'm, I'm super pumped to work together. Yeah. We have a lot of reach. There's a lot of good guys like Matt, JJ, Charles J that are all going to be getting these clips out. So now what I'm going to ask you for is just some guidance. What's one piece of gambling advice you'd give to a listener? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest ones that we touched on already is just don't be so results oriented. And that's, and that's a big thing is, um, you know, really, really just look at yourself in the it, part of, it's a really humbling thing, gambling at, on any serious level, even for fun. It's very humbling because, you know, you can go to a bar and people that don't gamble sit there and be like, oh, I could I could pick winners at 80 percent, 90 percent. They have no idea what they're talking about. Right. And and you're sitting there like trying to grind out 55 percent, you know, beating these lines. And it can be very humbling. And you can be when you lose, you're like, man, I'm an idiot. And when you win, you're like, I'm a genius. But um, if you can sit there and, and honestly assess, like you said, uh, what you did well and what's working well and say, like, hey, you know, if I find value by like what's, what's a really good way to find value. For example, like you could be um, looking for injury reports, right? That's always a good way to find value in player. So, so if you see uh, a running back is scratched, for example, a couple, a year ago, I had uh, Leonard Fournette got ran before the bucks took off on their Super Bowl run. Leonard Fournette got scratched and uh, you know, Aaron, he was in Arians' doghouse and Rojo was like the only back. Right. So I immediately, I, I got the Twitter update and I ran to Twitter. I ran to my sports book and, and slammed, the Rojo over props, right? I just bet it all is rushing overs. And, you know, you're getting like 20 or 30% of value there, which may not seem like much to the casual wow. better. But if you're getting a rushing prop that is at 50 and, and then it moves to like 65 in the market, that's unheard of in gambling. If you could do that consistently, and you can't to be clear, but if you can get that kind of value, you'd be crushing it. Um, and so, you know, where you can, everywhere you can find, just ask yourself every time, like, was this a bet I got value on or was this me just gambling? And, you know, and, and there's nothing you can have fun and you can gamble, but you need to be honest with yourself about what you're doing and what you're in it for. And if you're in it to make money, you need to be finding value consistently. If you're in it to have fun, then you should set aside 
you know, money that you're willing to lose and just go to town. Um, but that's, it's, re it's really up to you personally what you want to do with that. Absolutely. And I want to segue that into the next one. So like, give me some personal rules you have for gambling. Yeah, personal rules. And this, uh, this is a sort of, uh, <laughs> I'm not always good at following my own rules, as you can see from that 30k story. But uh, this is the biggest one. And, and this is one that's the hardest probably to follow. But don't gamble and don't bet if you're emotional. People, people used to ask me all the time, they're like, can you, can you play poker when you're drunk? I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can play drunk. Like, no, I, it's whatever. But like, when you're emotional, you think you're making good decisions and you think you're thinking rationally and you're not. So if something's upsetting you or something's bothering you or you're dealing with something, just don't bet or, or bet less or, you know, half your unit size or change something. Because I cannot tell you the number of times I've given back profits because I was having something going on outside of, outside of gambling. gambling in my life that was bothering me. You yep. know, whether it was, again, whether it's fighting with a girlfriend or like, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not making it, I'm not making as much money as I want. Don't, don't try to win. Like that's, that's another piece of advice I'd give is like, don't so try, good. don't, it's, 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 it's weird to say, but don't try to win. Just try to make good bets. Like that's all you can do is just make good bet after good bet, good decision after good yep. decision. And then when you look at it, like two months later, you're like, wow, I'm winning. Cause obviously the point is winning, right? No, but of course. If you try to win, you're going to sit there and you're going to look at, you know, a book with like thousands of bets where like three have value and you're going to be like, uh, man, I'm trying to win this one, that one, that one. you know, you're going to start exactly. just randomly betting things. Cause like, that's what you do when you try to win is that you're trying to make yourself feel better or validate yourself or get that high of like, yeah, I want and, a and, winner. And just paraphrasing what you said too, and just wording it slightly different for my own. I always say, don't let gambling spill into other aspects of your life. But what he just said was don't let other aspects of your life spill into gambling. And they're, they're, they're one in the same. And I, I can't tell you, when you get a big paycheck, like you get a big bonus, that shouldn't change your bankroll size. Because if it does, then you won't really have a bankroll. Then you're just gambling to reflect other aspects of your life. And I'm telling you, the worst part is, and I'm like, I'm going to sound like a, a conspiracy theorist, but I don't mean it sincerely. I just joke. The gods know. The gods <laughs> of gambling know when you can't afford to lose and you lose You'll never win at 55% when you need that win. They just know. And um, yeah, that I would just say compartmentalize as best as you can. And I want a, a personal rule of mine, even if it's just like, there's certain days where I wake up pumped for the slate. Other days, I'm just not that excited. Today's a day that I was just kind of excited. And I probably have the smallest slate I've had in six months. Mind you, NBA, NBA's off and NFL's off, so I can't really talk. Like I'm really getting control of my life. But the reality is I found three games, throw some action, I'm going to throw two on NHL. And for me, five is a very small slate. Half unit, five, it's like it's, I, I, I emotionally will not be affected if I go 5-0 and oh or 0-5. Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's really great advice, and it's really hard to do because you, you have to find that point at betting where you're not – like you shouldn't feel like shit because you lost a bet, right? That's, that's when you're betting too much. And, you, and, and on, on the contrary – winning a bet shouldn't change your life right then you're then you're also betting too much or unless yeah. you hit some crazy parlay which in general you you know should be avoiding parlays just because they're not good bets i mean unless you want to have fun which is a whole nother story but um yeah so anyway no no uh, this is all great and then you kind of alluded to this next question a little previously so i'll skip the casino part are there any sports sports bets sport bet types that you just don't touch 
You know, uh, not really, just because it's like, I think there's a great phrase in, in gambling is that winning better is bet numbers, not teams or not sports. So like, don't get me wrong. Like I, there's sports that I actually can bet and win at because I know, but um, a decent number of sports I bet and win at because I'm just looking at numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was couldn't sleep the other night. It was like four in the morning and uh, I had different books up as because I, I was like, you know, cause I'm, I'm, an, I'm a maniac and I was like, ah, oh, maybe I can find value in this Korean basketball game. Yeah. And, uh, one of the Korean basketball game unders was like two points off one of the other, the other two books. So I bet the under in a Korean basketball game. So, you know, whatever. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was value. So like, uh, the value. yeah, I'll, t- I'll touch, I'll touch whatever, as long as I think it's a good bet. So you're unbiased as long as there's value. Yeah, exactly. But, I, but don't get me, but I, 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 you know, and part of, I'll say this, and this is, goes back to the fun component is, if you can marry your your impulse to like have fun with sports betting and you're finding value, then you can go watch any like I could have I could have turned on that Korean basketball game and I would have been sweating those dudes like they were my favorite team as a kid. You know, <laughs> like that is one of the best parts. That, that's, that's, that's an amazing part of sports gambling. Right. And if you can I think if that and that I think that's probably not talked about enough. And that's probably another good rule or talking about rules. If you can. Like, you don't, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. And, and this is actually, I, I do want to mention this because I think this is not, uh, I think this is just really important. You don't have to find value or have fun. Like the part that's the hard work is the finding value, but then you get to sit, you don't have to do anything once you find value. You just get to watch the game. You just get Absolutely. to sweat it, right? So like do the hard work, put in the hard work, and then you get extra money. Uh, you get sweat, you get fun, and you get value. <laughs> so like- Put in the work on the front end and have fun on the back end. I I completely agree. And then kind of just like shifting gears a little bit here. So you yeah. you told me about the best and worst days in gambling, but tell tell me about some more casual stuff. It doesn't have to be dollar driven, but like what's one gambling story you always tell people at a bar? So yeah, that's a, that's a good question, and I think uh, it actually happened at a bar. So it's a, it's a story from a bar. But I remember uh, one of my buddies was betting on March Madness, and he bet uh, like a hundred bucks on some team to win. And uh, I think they were a dog, so they were plus 200 or something. So he was going to get 200 bucks. And we were standing next to this, like, hedge fund douchebag guy who would, like, you know, and my, my buddy starts cheering, and he's like, yes. Oh, went to Harvard. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, he's like, I know a lot of those douchebag people, unfortunately. Uh, so there, but there's some good people there. Don't get me wrong. But uh, there's, some, there's some tough ones as well. But, uh, but, yeah, so we're standing next to this hedge fund guy. My buddy's, like, cheering, getting all hyped. He's about to win 200 bucks. And the guy looks at him. He's like, how much are you winning? And uh, my buddy's like, oh, 200 bucks. He's like, so why do you care? And uh, again, it's like, dude, shut the fuck. First of all, who the fuck yeah. are you to like you exactly. to someone and like talk about how much, how much money you have does not make you a better person at all. How much money you bet doesn't make you a better, better or worse, better. Like it's, 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 it's crazy. And, you know, part of the beauty of sports betting is you can get hyped about what means something to you. Right. And so that that's a story I always tell, because I think it's like just the wrong way to look at it is like, let people have their fun, let people have their, you know, enjoyment, let people have their thing. Like if they went, if they went a parlay and they put a dollar and they went 50 bucks and that's amazing to them, then let them be happy about it. Right. Like that's 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 sports. That's part of the beauty of sports betting. And that's part of what we're chasing when we do this. This is why I'm so big on units. Like I literally think the unit system is a beautiful thing. If someone has one one hundred net worth of me, but they can outwork me and beat me in units, I do not feel superior to them. I feel inferior to them. 
if they can beat me in number of units every week, I legit feel inferior. And that's the beauty of it is for anyone out there, legitimately, I, like, I, I, I was on with Charles J earlier and I said, yeah. hey man, email me your unit size and we'll bet that on the Cornell game. I was big on Cornell. He wasn't. And I said, I'm betting Cornell. And I just said, I, I, and I meant what I said. It wasn't like me trained to be like PC in front of other people. I'm being serious. For I sure. don't care. I want to beat him at his unit because I think Cornell is the better pick money line. I said it's a 48% chance. I got it at 120. It has nothing to do with the money. I would never, and I'm not going to say his unit size, but let's just say it was X and mine is larger. I would never be like, oh, I don't care about that loss. Wrong. Yeah. I yeah. care about that loss. Yeah. I'm going to sweat that game with Trell J as if if his unit size is bigger than mine. Don't care. I want to be right against him. And that is what it's about. That's why I want units to take over. I know a lot of people are like $100 is that. It's all relative. It is. And it's not important because a $100 loss to me, for instance, doesn't tell you a lot unless I usually bet 50 or I usually bet 1,000. Right. You don't know how much I like the play, how much research and confidence I have in it. So I really do want everyone to get obsessed with units because that is the test, of, and I'm being serious here, no. of skill, of value, of manhood. It's not the size of the unit. I know they're getting all <laughs> Okay, really good. Not. As long as it's not the size of the unit, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not the size of the unit. It's, it's really about can you bet at a profit? Yeah. And that's no, it what is. matters. It absolutely is. And like the reality is like, you know, people like Floyd Mayweather will always be able to throw down more money. But the guy who's sitting there with a hundred dollar bankroll and grinding out a 20 percent profit in a year is doing way better than Floyd. Mayweather. It doesn't matter if he's making million dollar bets and winning them. Like like you said, it, it really comes down to what you can make at sports betting, because the, the truth is, if you can make a certain return on investment, if you can make 10%, if you can make 20%, that's translatable. That's something that we all can use, like you said. So if, if I can find a Not guy. Enough. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what his bankroll is. If he's making money, if he's making winning picks, I can use that with my bankroll and I can make my own money. Right. Yep. So like, you, and I don't want to look at the guy who's, you know, I think, I think actually uh, there was a guy in the sports media, I won't name him, but he had, he did this trick that people do when they kind of manipulate units, which is something you alluded to, which is they'll lose a lot of bets at a certain unit size and then they'll just up their unit size wildly for one bet. And then if that bet wins, they look like a winner, right? So say yeah. say I make $100 bets usually. Yep. I lose 20 bets in a row. And then I'm like, oh, I'm going to bet 3K on a game, right? Now this game wins. And no, at best, no. I was like 55% to win. But but if I win that game, I'm up $1,000. So am yeah. I a good better? No, I'm a terrible better. I went 1 in 20, right? No, like, you're right. Would you, would you want to tell my picks? No, you would have gotten no. absolutely crushed, right? And, but, and, you know, like, essentially, the, the reason why, and, you know, we can call it the Martingale or whatever, the reason why that's not okay is because we can't actually see it. And when you're when you're betting imaginary numbers, there's no you never run out. So people that yeah. just keep raising their unit until they become positive, avoid like the plague. Because yeah. they aren't doing it with real money. They're doing it for show, selling picks, and they'll always be up units in their fantasy world. Exactly. No, it's very true. Actually, it reminds me of another quick story I'll tell that. I remember this very vividly, but I was at a casino and there were these dudes, I saw them at the beginning of the weekend in Vegas and they were like all hyped there at the roulette table. They were like, oh, we're doing this Martingale system thing. Like we've all pooled our money together and we're doubling our bet every time on black. I was like, okay, cool. And I saw them, I saw them on Sunday and they were just sitting there with their hands in there like, like this. No. And they were like, we lost 15 bets in a row. Have you ever seen 15 reds come up in a row? I was like, 
can't say that I have, but that sucks. I'm really sorry. You know, they all, they, they had like the, the, you know, they had, they had enough money for 15 bets, but they, they lost 15 bets. I mean, imagine that sitting there at the roulette table and watching Red hit 15 times in a row. I would, I so bad I would, I would stop. And, yeah. and, and to the, uh, one of the comments here, just because you bet a little doesn't mean you don't have it. That's a fact. People Absolutely. have different comfort levels for betting. There are people that I know that are very good at sports betting that I respect that bet higher unit percentages than me. I really only go past two units like once or twice a week. Yeah. Max. The majority of my bets are one, a half unit to one. And I throw a lot of twos out there. Twos a couple times a week. But I don't go past two probably more than two, three times a month. Like, and that's just me. And again, that whether it's unit size or dollar amount, again, the, the game is finding value and picking winners and making sure that you're on the right side, whether you won or lose or win or lost. And I'm telling you, everyone has their own comfort zone. So that's why I'm, I'm so big on this unit system. I want to get to the, Brian, the last question I got for you. Yeah, please. You ready for it? Ready. I'm ready. I want to leave you at least some time here to talk because I, I want you and I to go back and forth here for 15 minutes. Please. Sincerely, where do you see this industry as a whole in 10 years? You know, this is going to sound like a scripted answer, but I swear to God, it's not. Like, I see us running this industry because I think it needs to change. And I mean that so sincerely. Um, just the reality of the gambling industry or sports betting industry specifically now, but you can apply this to the gambling industry more broadly, is that it's set up to make money off people losing, right? It's, yep. That's how most people in this industry make money. Sports books make money when you lose. They lose money when you win. So yep. everything they do is is set up to prevent winning like i there's books that i can't bet on and just to add to that too i i do believe that they are predatory and they're going to keep spending money to increase the size of the target addressable market and that's going to benefit the smaller fish that are doing it right in this industry uh i enjoyed the segment i enjoyed the stories Anyone out here listening, whether it's right now live or where we post this everywhere else, go follow Panopic. What is, what is your model going to be? Right now you're letting everyone sign up free. How, what's your model going to be moving forward just for someone that gets in for free to know later? Yeah, so honestly, I, I would really like to keep it free. I mean, I was thinking about it more and more. And, um, you know, ultimately, if we can, that's my goal is to keep it for the newsletter free for everybody. I think we can make money off advertising and we can keep the advertising ethical and, and, and helpful for sports betters. So uh, we'd only use companies like Bet Openly or, or, or companies that are, have nothing to do with sports books, to be honest. Um, that would be my goal. So like, you know, products that would be relevant to a person that would bet sports. I mean, there's, there's a lot of products like that, right? So uh, I think we can do that. You know, I, I really think that's the model here. And I think obviously that's tougher long-term, but um, that's my goal. I agree, buddy. I like it. Well, I sent you a couple. I think I forget how many people I sent you, but I'll keep doing it. Uh, we'll get all these clips scattered out. I'll get them emailed to you so we can repost them and everything. There'll be there'll be some nice one-liners in here. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, I look forward to you meeting in person one day. I yeah. think I'm doing Vegas for March Madness. It's not sealed yet, but I'm pretty sure I'll be there the second weekend. Um, oh, nice. I might be there as well. If, if I'm there, we definitely have to hang out. Yeah, yeah. And if you're ever in Miami, let me know. Oh, I definitely, I definitely will, Gino. And, and, you know, like, I'll just say this real quick because I haven't gotten a chance to say it, but um, it's a real pleasure getting to know you and, and working with you. Like, it truly is an honor. And, like, um, it's just nice, 
you know, in a, in a, in a sea of people that are predators to, to find people that are good people. And there's a lot of good people in the gambling community. And if we can, we can create this army and we can come together uh, as a team, basically, uh, we can really change this industry and help a lot of people. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And thank you for all that you do. Feelings mutual, buddy. And I, I'm telling you, whether people know our names today or not, they will by the end of this year. Exactly. Exactly. We're just getting started, buddy. Great having you on. I appreciate you. We'll definitely be in touch. Thanks so much, Gina. Talk to you soon and, and take care, everybody. Cheers. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of bases or a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count when the dealing's done. Surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep. Cause every hand's a winner, and every hand's a loser. And the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. And when he finished speaking, he turned back toward the window, crushed out his cigarette, faded off to sleep. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler he broke even. In his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold up, know when to fold up, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done.